Welcome to Love Wild. I'm Andrew May. And I'm Katie May. We are a community that explores how to love wild and live free. We are here today to talk about pop. We're here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. Gotta have my pops. <laughs> Gotta have my pops. That's all I can think yeah, of. nice. We're, well, we're not talking about breakfast cereal. We're not talking about pop tarts. We're not talking about pop music. Or popcorn. Or pop culture. We're not talking about any of those pops. This is a warning if you have children listening we're going to talk uh, we're we're going to put your to, earbuds in yeah or <laughs> turn turn the cast off now and come back later uh what is pop the power of the pussy okay okay yeah <laughs> we're talking about that pop okay so it's not your granddad or your dad no hey pop sorry pops so yeah i wanted to talk about this today one because of so much going on this last couple of weeks with women's rights. But I also want to, I want to kind of get your take on it, you know, as a, let the white man speak <laughs> as a white male. Um, you know, I just thought it would be an interesting conversation, but it came to me because I was walking with some friends at work the other day and they were kind of talking about this concept of like, um, of like you not using their pussy as like a bargaining chip in their relationships, but like if, but about how like their partners do honor like the power of the pussy. And like, you know, we can withhold that if, if we're not like getting mutual respect. Yeah. And in, we can withhold the dong. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it just, it like, it's never something that I've really like actively thought about or done in my own relationship to be like, I'm not going to give you any, if you don't do this kind of mentality, but it did make me kind of think about this bigger collective energy around fe- feminine energy mm-hmm. and reclamation of our power as women. And I read this book last fall called Pussy, A Reclamation, and it's by um, Regina Thomas, Thomas Sauer, I believe, Mama Gina on Instagram. She's hilarious if you want to follow her, give her a follow. But she also kind of brings up this whole concept about one reclamation of the word pussy. Mm, yeah, I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. But go ahead. And, and then also like, <laughs> what? I wanted to touch on that. <laughs> oh, you want to pet that? <laughs> Continue. Um, but also like this reclamation as women in reclaiming and reconnecting with our pussies because we have become so disconnected from it. And there is a lot of power in our pussy for ourselves, like even for our own, our own freedom in how we move through the world. So we can go into more detail about that, but yeah, let's talk about the word pussy. Let's start with that. Yeah. I think that I think lots of things and my brain's all over the place, but I'm, I'm going to try to stay focused here. 
because it feels funny sometimes as a man, like I was joking earlier, let the white man speak, but it's just like, let us throw our opinion on everything like always. And, and so I feel a little bit self-conscious in that regard. But the thing I did want to say off the top is if the word pussy bothers you, just the word itself, then I think you're already struggling. I think you're already having a difficult time. I think that your sex life might not be what you want it to be. It might not be as beautiful as it can be. And that's funny. Like it's, it's just a word, but I I can imagine someone going to listen to this episode and hearing pussy like off the top and just being like, I can't, Nope, can't do it. And, and that's okay if that's where you're at. Yeah, it is. But I was going to say, too, that you'll miss out on some some good stuff. You'll miss out on some gold. If if your marriage or your relationship to your partner is in a place of just kind of stifled sex or just we're getting along or. is it? I, yeah, only people can answer that like is your sex life, is your connection to your sexuality, even if if it's just in yourself, is it stale? What does it feel like? Yeah. And I just don't want you to miss out because of a word. I don't want you to miss out because a word is bothering you. So Mm. yeah. And I can say like that word used to like, yeah, even a couple of years ago, if you would have used that word, I would have been like, like, there, there's so many emotions around words, I think, for us as women. And I get like there's been a lot of, of oppression and abuse and, you know, um, what's the word where we use our bodies or people use our bodies to sell things or objectification. Yeah, there's been a lot of objectification Um And so there's like this dance around, around sensuality and sexuality for women and around the words we use. To me, the more I've been able to just claim those words and use them in a, from a place of power instead of a place of shame, it's really opened me up to more expansiveness within, within my own self. And it's funny, the more I was actually thinking about this this morning. The more we've opened up in our discussions and in our sexuality and in our relationship to even just talking about these things and talking about our desires and our fantasies and all the things, it doesn't necessarily mean that we've even had to act out on any of those things. It's actually, to me, made it like, oh, I don't necessarily need to go do that. But, Mm -hmm. but just talking about it and freeing it up in conversation and giving words to it that feel, um, alive again, it's helped me to really reclaim. And I don't know how you're feeling, but it's helped me to be able to reclaim this ever changing process of being in a committed partnership, keeping that flame alive, keeping that interesting and new and curious and exploring. Yeah. I, I think that part of like what I really want to dive into is this reclamation that you're talking about of the word and of 
like why reclaim that word mm. and why, what does it do for your sex life? What does it do for you as an individual? And for me, like historical context, I think if you just look at men in general, like our, our former president, Donald Trump had that leaked audio that was grab them by the pussy. And so you can very much, it's been used as an oppressive thing. It's been used to say, ma'am, you are nothing but this body part. You are a pussy. Like to me, that's how I visualize you. And it's also a context to call somebody weak, a man usually. Yeah. So in middle school, high school, yeah. If you were kind of bitching out on certain things. Again, bitching out another like female term. If you, if you were. (laughs) Right. There's men that gets numerous. Yeah. But you can reclaim bitch. Yes. Um, I have. What's her face? Bad bitch. Like Lizzo. Come on. Yeah. You you can just reclaim those words and be like, no, you're not going to use like the N word. You're not going to use that word to oppress me. Like, yeah. Um, again, I feel like such a twat being the white dude who's saying that, but whatever. Twat, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Cunt. <laughs> we're just gonna Let's go just get them all. all out while we're here. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be something that'll offend you, but I, I think it's important to provide historical context as well, because that's, that's how we grew up. We grew up kind of demeaning people, especially boys, men, boys to men, us <laughs> boys, we would use the word pussy as like a, you're less than almost. Yeah. That you're weak or as a form of possession, mm. you know, that's my pussy, you know, like very, um, very much like in a possessive way. Mm. Um, so we can get into some of that, but like, I think it's interesting the word specifically, and we don't have to get so hung up on this word, but why is it not POV P- power of the vagina or power of the cunt or power? Like why? I mean, why it pussy? doesn't have the same pop. Okay. That's true. <laughs> First of all. Um, I mean, yes, the vagina is the, correct anatomical term. I guess I, what I've heard other people who are more like into like sex education and things like that, when they use the word pussy, they're like, it's an encom- more encompassing term of like female, the female genitalia. I mean, the vagina is obviously the canal from the the womb, the uterus the, and the cervix, then down into the vagina and then out into the vulva. If you want to get like technical, um, and then the labia and all that. So I think it's important to one, I think it's important to learn proper anatomy and teach our kids the actual terminology of their body. Um, but I think as, as an encompassing term to the power of really that whole area as women is pussy. Okay. And, and to me, like, our pussies really are a portal of like, that's how we give life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There it's a life giving place in our body, but we have been taught that it should be shamed or like we should be embarrassed by our pussies. And it's like, this is such a dichotomy. Like you're telling me that I need to bring life into the world through this part of my body, but I can't touch it, explore it, know about it, mm. connect to it. Like, no, I call bull, bull, bully ass bullshit. Mm-hmm. 
And I think with this whole time that we're in now and the overturning of Roe versus Wade and, and sort of this, like this, like, um, glaring, um, to me, and this is my view of it, but this glaring, like we're asking women to deny their body rights, basically. Yeah. Their autonomy. Yes. Their their sovereignty in their own body. Mm. It's even more important than for us as women to, claim the power of our pussy to take that power back from men, white men, essentially at this point. I mean, all men, but Mm. the people making those decisions for us. Yeah. Largely white males. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Does. I didn't, didn't know where, where we're going with that. I didn't know where I should. Well, I would love, so I want to ask you because I know you started to kind of awaken to like this whole power of the pussy or like equalization in our own marriage and our own sex life. Like I'd love to hear like your thoughts as an evolving male in this time. What have you learned? What is, what do you think like people should know? I think people should know as a pussy lover. <laughs> that is true. I think that we need to do a better job of teaching about sex, about female anatomy, about pleasure, about all those things. Mm. There seems to be this very conservative, like, pulling back of like, we don't need to be teaching that in schools. We don't need to be teaching about sexual identity or like, let's just never talk about it. And I think that does so much damage. And I get a lot of flack when I talk about religion, but there are very conservative ways of thinking about sex. It's only within the confines of marriage. And it's with this one person for the rest of your life. And if that's your view, that's fine. But, but, but what happens is that you, you take that too far by calling the vagina things like sin cave. It's not a sin cave. It's, it's a, oh, it's a, a beautiful giver. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so to boil it down to that, and I know that's not everyone, but there's a lot of really fucked up shit that happens within religion, conservatism, and this idea that we shouldn't talk about it. And that's why I think you and I like to choose to talk about it. And even within this podcast, even within this conversation, there's been times where I'm like, I don't really know what to say about this. And that's okay. Like that, that can be how the conversation goes because we weren't taught a whole lot. I don't feel like I'm a expert on the subject. I'm, I'm an expert on what I don't know and what we weren't taught. I just learned this year, like where the, like what the G spot is, is supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like, like, like the outside of an orange, like a very, I don't know what the word is. Like, like a rougher spot in inside the vagina. Yeah. Like not sandpaper, but like mushy sandpaper (laughs) and Dude, straight up, like I was feeling some of that stuff and I just thought it was like scar tissue for Katie. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't want to touch that. I don't want to hurt her. Jeez. (laughs) Well, and I was never taught that ever. 37 years old, didn't know it. And on the flip side of that, 
I haven't really felt the liberty to explore my own body up until very recent. So I hadn't known anything else about that part or if that felt good or didn't feel good or if it hurt and how, and then how to communicate that to you to say like, that feels good. That feels a little less pressure, more pressure. Hey, can you try this motion? Right? So like what I'm observing in our marriage and in other people's marriages that I have heard either personally or just even stories of other people's lives is we're all kind of like stumbling through and figuring it out, but nobody's talking about it. And so then we end up feeling like something's wrong with us, wrong with our relationship, you know, and especially going through um, pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, our bodies change, our hormones change. Nobody fucking talks about it. Mm -hmm. And so then when you get in the middle of it, you feel like something is wrong with you or that you're inadequate or that you're not being a good partner or a good lover. And I think we need to normalize too, that your, your sex lives are going to go through seasons Mm -hmm. as your life goes through seasons. And so to me, one of the most important things I think we've done in our relationship in the last, I would say year for sure is learn how to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. And I don't want to shift over to this for too long, but I think that what you just said, I only have my male perspective on things. So like when you say certain things, I feel like we, like when you were talking about change your body changing, I'm thinking about me with puberty and the power of the dong, the pod, you know, <laughs> and that new power of feeling like, oh, this feels really good. Oh, I want to masturbate. Like, oh, like, oh, that's wrong. We're not supposed to do that. You know, that's where I feel like religion can fuck you up a little bit because I feel like that was kind of my experience. <laughs> like This idea that that's sinful and wrong and, you know, to not be to, to yeah, not be it's, curious it's not about virtuous. Your, your own body. Yeah. And so, yeah, I not only are men treated that way, but women, I would say even more so, it's just not discussed. It's not talked about. Yeah. Some women have never even looked at their own clitoris mm-hmm. or like, and like men, you can see like, oh, I have an erection. It's growing, whatever. We have no, like, unless you get a mirror, like you can't really even see. Yeah. So I would just say if you're a woman and you're listening to this podcast and you've never taken a mirror and looked and explored your own body parts, your own vagina, your own vulva. That's where I would start. Mm-hmm. Get in touch with that part of your body. Yeah. Yeah. I echo that. Grab a mirror, ladies, and just, you know. <laughs> I, because, and I say that because we, we find alternatives. So, like, boys, especially, who are going through those changes, basically they look to other places for information on it. Cause you're not getting it from school. You're not getting it from oftentimes you're not getting it from your parents. Yeah. So you look to the internet, you look to porn or you look to ways of like, okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm going to watch what I'm going to Google this G spot thing. Yeah. (laughs) 
at 37. I did do that. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> why didn't I Google this earlier? I, I think because if we're being honest, there's this underlying thing that women's that female pleasure doesn't matter as much as male pleasure does. And that's somewhat ingrained in us. And I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. It's almost like a key. Mm -hmm. Uh, The power of the pussy is almost like a key to unlocking sexual liberation and enjoyment and pleasure for everybody, not just for 50% of the the people that are, you know, enacting the the sex acts and things. And I I think that that's part of the problem. And, And what we're here to address is the only way to change that is to begin to have those conversations to create Mm -hmm. sexual health within your relationship. And then also like not only for us to talk about it, I think that that has done wonders for our relationship, but age appropriately speaking to your children about it. So we're not going to go talk to our kids and be like, yeah, like, uh, we we have a plethora of sex and this is what it, you know, this is how it goes. It's more so what you've said, like describing what the parts are and telling them that it's okay, that it feels good. And I want them to explore their own body. I want them to have sex with themselves for many, many years. Yeah. Before, <laughs> before they, they do that with someone else. Yeah. And, and that way when they do have a partner, whatever, gender that partner is, it doesn't matter. They will then know how to honor their own pleasure and speak what feels good to them because that's the thing, right? Like people aren't going to just, people are not going to stop having sex, right? It's, it's a, it's a health. It's a part of our whole wholeness, I believe. So to me, the answer is not to move more and more toward uh, abstinence or not having sex or shutting that down to me, it's more in moving toward in, in sexual empowerment and mm-hmm. how can we empower not just girls, but definitely girls, but also boys to learn how to healthfully approach their own sexuality and learn how to then also honor their, uh, their partner sexuality. You know, I don't, do you remember a few months ago when we were like in the throes of some sort of heated escalated a argument. Um, I think I remember it's because I wasn't expressing my needs and I just kind of lost my shit. But do you remember that day when I like literally was like, my pleasure matters too. No. Do you remember that? No. I remember it so vividly because I think I had just gotten to like this point of like repressed feelings that you, and it's like nothing you, that's the whole other piece of this is Men, I don't think even they don't have a clue. Would you say most men don't have a clue that they're just going through life. They're living their life. They're doing their thing. They have no clue what we really need or want unless we tell you. Yeah. And so I would say to the fellas, like, ask, what do you need or what feels good to you? I, I don't remember the context around why you it said it wasn't even sexual, but it was, it was like this deeper, it, it was about, I think me feeling like overwhelmed and like doing all these things to keep our family going and like not feeling like you were like one, because I hadn't given you the opportunity. I hadn't asked for what I needed and I was kind of just expecting you to read my mind, but it came from like this place of like, like 
the enjoyment of my life matters too. Okay. (laughs) Like my pleasure, not just sexually, but like the pleasure of life (laughs) matters. Mm -hmm. But I think that can translate so much toward, you know, life and sex. Mm -hmm. Like, cause so many women I talk to, especially moms, we just like put our head down. We do what needs to be done. And then we get resentful because our partners haven't shown up in the way that we want them to mind you. We've sometimes we have asked and it doesn't always like come easily, but a lot of times it's because we have not, we have not had a like sincere, it's like different from nagging. It's like, can we sit down and have like an adult conversation Mm -hmm. about what we need and not do it in a way that makes our partner feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Like I've, failed at that miserably in the past. Would you say (laughs) sometimes? Uh, I plead the fifth. (laughs) You can be honest. We've all failed it. Yeah. So, so I feel like this is an opportunity for us as women to learn how to sit down with our partners and an opportunity for men to sit down with our partners. If there's feelings of staleness, stagnant, um, Dis- dissension or disconnection in our relationships for any reason, sexual or not, it is an opportunity for us to sit down together and have a realignment of our agreements in partnership and marriage. Yeah. And I think that that looks like exploration. So exploring, trying new things. I think that you don't know what you yourself like or what your partner like, what your partner likes. If you don't have the conversations, that's a lot of double negatives by exploring your, your own self, your own sexual health as a woman, you can figure out what you like and what you don't like by exploring with your partner. You can figure out some things that you might like. If you do the same things within sex, all the time, you may have boring sex or you may feel like we're just missing something. And that's why people talk about like spicing it up and and whatnot. And it's just what I'm saying is be willing to explore things that you might've neglected or might've thought, Oh, I, I would never do that. I could never do that. You know, it's just like, you could never do it until you try. Yeah. And I would say that goes like for in the bedroom, but also like outside of the bedroom, finding ways to have more, more play between you, more foreplay, like foreplay going on and on. Even like, even if you only have sex, like once a week or once every few weeks, like no shade, but like, are you playing together? Are you like doing things outside of the bedroom that help you connect on a deeper level? And keeping that energy alive within you, because I think that's the other piece for women, especially it's real. like, I think for men, it's like pretty easy for them to feel turned on. Am I wrong? Nope. You're not. For women, it is not, it is not, we have so much in our minds and, and we're moving through and, and something I heard on the, um, we can do hard things podcast in the last couple of weeks, they had like actual sex expert on there. And she was just saying how like stress for men actually heightens their drive, their sex drive Hmm. stress for women depletes our sex drive. So we're all like, we're at an imbalance already 
Yeah. When it comes to like daily stressors and life, like that gets you guys like ramped up that like completely depletes us <laughs> as mm-hmm. women. Mm-hmm. So it's like figuring out even beyond like the bedroom, like how can we take like as men, like how can you help take stress off of your partner mm-hmm. so that she can feel more opened up to sex, mm-hmm. you know, and as women understanding like, how can we start to engage in our own pleasure experiences so that we can learn how to de-stress ourselves Mm -hmm. too? Like don't put that on your partner solely. That's part, that's our job, but we can help support each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about the imbalance for a second because it's totally imbalanced. I was saying this to Katie yesterday. It's like you all, women just have it harder in general as a gender. You all got stuck with the periods period blood and like bleeding once a month is like, that's gnarly. And then you get stuck with the having, bearing the children and, uh, have like birthing the children. And you got stuck with all of that and all the hard work that comes with it. And it takes you longer in general. It takes women so much longer to have an orgasm or to like feel turned on, like all of those things you just said, So yeah, there's this huge imbalance because for men, it's way easier for us to, to get our rocks off and to, you know, climax Whereas women, it's just like, it's a slow burn. I'm like, what, (laughs) what were you thinking? Like, why is it like this? Um, Yet our clitoris has like twice the number of nerve endings that your penis does. So like we, and that's our, that, that organ is solely like for pleasure. There's no other function for the clitoris. Like Mm -hmm. the penis has other functions. The clitoris does not. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, we obviously are supposed to have pleasure, but it's just a different, it's different. Yeah. It takes a different approach. Yeah. So I guess with that being said, the imbalance that is already there, it's like, how can we take care of women? How can we take care of the pussy? How can we nurture that? I know that sounds weird, but what, what can, what, what steps can we take? And I think open communication with your partner outside of the bedroom, even just like getting together with your partner and saying, Hey, like, where do you feel like we are sexually? Do you feel like we're in a good place? What would be more, what would make you feel more safe in the bedroom? What would make you feel more alive in the bedroom, things like that. So having those conversations, but also, you know, like what you said, taking some of that stress off of your partner's plate can, I think, help quite a bit. I think there's ways that we can, we can protect women rather than stripping away their rights. And Well, and further draining us of mm-hmm. like, I think too, the other piece and, and we, this could be a whole nother podcast, but I think for a lot of women, we also do a lot of emotional labor for other people in our lives, not necessarily just men, not just the men in our lives, but we hold a lot. Mm -hmm. We hold a lot for our kids. We hold a lot for our partners. We hold a lot for our jobs. We hold a lot for our families, like beyond the immediate family, like we hold a lot. And so I think one, like as a woman realizing when you're holding emotional labor for, for someone else, Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of times it's unconscious. Like I didn't realize how much I was holding emotionally for other people. Mm -hmm. So really starting to tune into that because that is also going to be a drain Mm -hmm. on your own energy. And so being able to find ways to, to disconnect or set boundaries or take space for yourself is huge. Yeah. And And self-pleasure, I think, is something that can be a good outlet. Yes. Whether you have a partner or you don't have a partner, I think that it's something that you never did. Didn't. And there was like a, a, a turning point. I remember the first time I, so I had dick surgery, dick reduction surgery, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, I had a, a bike straddle injury and I had to have surgery on my taint, which is not where you want to have surgery. And basically had a, a straddle injury and that's a whole nother story. But uh, I had to, you know, have surgery and a catheter and I was out of commission for, you know, a good month, month or two uh, in terms of my, you know, what I could do. And during that time, I think was like one of the first times where I heard you actually like pleasuring yourself and like you had gotten a vibrator or, or something, maybe you had the vibrator already, but I could actively hear you like, you know, doing the uhs and the ahs and the <laughs> stuff. And I remember getting so turned on by it and getting a massive erection with a catheter in my <laughs> pee hole and <laughs> like, really this hurt. Is not like, comfortable. Ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Our listeners are getting to know us much better from this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't That's know how much better they could get to know us. We've been pretty open. But I think that there was a turning point. And I just wanted to ask you really quick, like what, what shifted that or what changed that for you? Because you went from someone who was like, absolutely not someone who is kind of offended by the word pussy to mm. more of an expansion or more of a, I'm going to, I'm going to explore this. I'm going to try this. I mean, I think it's like anything else with our growth is getting curious, allowing curiosity, um, being willing to try something and maybe not like it, or maybe try something and realize like, oh, I don't really need that. Or, but also, hey, I might try that and it'd be like the thing I've been missing for my entire life. You don't know until you're curious about it. And so I think just allowing that curiosity, um, I think the more I have read and, and understand also the power of the pussy, not just from like a sexuality standpoint, but like it, it gives me energy. It helps um, unblock my creativity. It helps me to feel more connected to the magic of life. Um, So it goes beyond just sexuality. To me, it's more of like the birthplace of our creation as women of being able to show up and, and create and put out our healing energy into the world. When we're disconnected from our pussies, we actually cut off our innovative and creative spirit, I believe. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's more than just being a good lover or being a good person in bed. It's like way beyond that. It's like, it's like, even if, um, even if all the men died (laughs) or whatever, like, learning how to connect and really expand that part of yourself is, is so much beyond like 
doing it for anybody else besides Mm -hmm. you. Like it helps you to show up in the world alive and connected. Yeah. So I think the more I like started to really play with that and like see like, Ooh, when I'm like feeling into that part of my body, like a lot opens up for me in -hmm. multiple ways. I feel more creative. I feel more connected to you, to our kids. I feel more grounded. I feel more loving. I feel less resentful because my needs are being met by me first. Mm -hmm. And then I can, I can take and I can give and I can move more into a place of abundance. Yeah. I think this idea of opening up, it makes me think of that things like stress and things that cause you to clam up and be tight. Like I think that for you as a a sexual partner, I notice that when you're more relaxed and when you're in less of an emotional, yeah, that's the other thing. Like when there's emotional things that are causing you anxiety, uh, when there's Supreme court decisions that are causing lots of people anxiety, it is, I think something that can clam you up in the bedroom, it can make it harder to have achieve an orgasm. And, you know, I think what, what I'm hearing you say and what I notice for you specifically in the bedroom is when you're more relaxed, when you feel taken care of, whether it's you taking care of yourself or me adding a layer of, of taking care of you, doing kind things, showing up, supporting you. I think that those all things, those things all translate into the bedroom and yeah, I'm not an expert on, on the puss in case you didn't know, but I I think that having these conversations really helps for us to get a better understanding of what our partner needs and, and understanding things that we don't really understand very well and that we weren't ever taught. Yeah. Well, and I would say like, it's a huge turn on for me to hear you like in the recent months being like, I don't know about this, but I'm open to learning and I see, I see your pleasure matters and I want to be a better lover and I want to learn this. Like that to me is like, Oh hell yeah. Like <laughs> let's go. Because I think the truth of the matter and, and, and same goes for my side of things. Like I don't know everything there is to know about you and your sexuality and your, I mean, the penis is easier to figure out, but I think that it it goes both ways. Like being willing to be curious in yourself and be willing to be curious in your relationship together. Totally agree. And I also would just say like Katie and I were talking before the podcast about this was going to be a short episode. It's been a crazy busy week. I was like 10 minutes or less. That's all we need for the pussy. Right. And that's kind of the mentality we come to as males with sex. A lot of the time is this better not take too long, (laughs) Mm. you know, or maybe not that, but a lighter version of that is I'm really tired. Like I don't know that I have 45 minutes to dedicate to because sex is work. Like if you want to achieve an orgasm for a female, it's a little bit of actual work in terms of figuring it out. And 
doing stuff and, Oh, does that feel good? Does that not feel good? You know, um, it's a bit of a puzzle, a bit of an enigma. And so if my encouragement to everyone, specifically males within this episode is to take your time, take your time with sex. If you just like bum rush in there, it's, it's not, it's not fun for them, you know? And yeah, like delicately, like touch your partner all over. Like you don't, it doesn't have to go, you don't have to go straight for the, you know, the reproductive bits you can. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you can tickle their ear and move your way down to their neck and just like enjoy other aspects of sex and the sexual process and be patient and ask what feels good and listen. I think too, like if you hear a change in the, you know, the moans and the groans and the, like you can tell if something feels good to some, someone. And if it's not, if it's just dead silent for like a period of time, like, Hey, do you want, what would feel good right now? Do you want to move into something else? So yeah, be patient. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And ladies be patient with yourself. Have, have, compassion for yourself. And I just want to add, like, it is not always about the orgasm. Yeah. Thanks for adding that. Go continue. Like, I think when, especially when you're learning to self-pleasure and get reconnected with your body, the pressure to orgasm can actually like make it further away and harder for you. So just this mountain focusing on sensation and feeling and like, getting back in touch with your body more than having a certain outcome. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Cause me being like, it's not about the orgasm is very, uh, <laughs> it's trite because guys typically have one. Yeah. And I if mean, not, you can go have a wank and right. <laughs> I mean, I think for, for us as women, it really is about rewiring our, almost like rewiring our nervous system in connection to pleasure. And allowing ourselves to like know what that feels like so that when we are in an intimate situation with our partners, like it, it's a practice of becoming more open, beco- becoming more receptive, becoming more sensitized. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's something I didn't really realize is like vibrators are good and I still use one at times, but I'm learning, I'm trying to learn how to move away from that a little bit because vibrators can actually like desensitize your clitoris and your pussy so that like you're not as responsive to touch anymore. And so I think just being mindful of what feels good for you and being patient, like you said, and just knowing that it's going to take time Mm -hmm. to reconnect just like any other part of our healing journey. This, this is another part of that and it's going to take time and it's going to take patience and it's not going to be linear. And there's going to be a lot of stories and a lot of things that you've stored in your own body that have to be released Mm -hmm. for you to be able to really get back into a healthy place with yourself sexually. Yeah. So I think we're going to close it out there, but yeah, this idea of the pussy as a portal, I think it's, it's not only the portal to life, you know, bringing life into the world. It's also a portal to pleasure, not only for women, but for men as well. If females experience pleasure, then everybody can experience pleasure. Like as soon as Katie has her, oh, she's like going hog on that. Okay. You know, 
And so we all have a good time <laughs> if the ladies have a good time is what I'm trying to say. The, so. Don't discredit the value of a, a woman living turned on. Like yeah. we can literally change the world from our place of turn on. Yes. Dirty pop, 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 pop. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Stay wild. Peace, y'all. Cheers, motherfuckers. If you are continuing to dig these episodes, you can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed or following the show by hitting the plus symbol in the upper right-hand corner. If you want to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at Love Wild Collective. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters.